Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know what you've done Good evening everyone and welcome to the NASCA Stop Child Abuse Now Love Talk Radio Show. NASCA stands for the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Kim Lakin, and I'm your host this evening, and my beautiful co-host this evening is Penelope. Tonight, we are on scan number 3173, and we don't have a guest this evening, so it is an open evening, and we just would love for anybody to call in and be a part of our um, panel, and we can get some discussion going, and it looks like we've got got our little panel started here, so um, we'll look forward to seeing what our Mr. Eden has to say. Welcome, Bob. Um, so here at NASCA, we have a single purpose, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional trauma, and neglect, and we do so with two goals. One, by educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, also known as CSA, presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. And two, by offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And again, we are on scan number 3173, and our guest call-in number is 646-595-2118, and we would love to have you join us on the panel this evening with Ms. Penelope and Mr. Bob Eden. And... Um, have a discussion this evening. So you can access any of our past shows on set.org and just go in and search for the scan number, which I mentioned earlier. And um, if you want to call in this evening and we're in the middle of a discussion, don't worry about it. Uh, Ms. Penelope, I'll meet you on the back line and, and see why you want to be here, or we'll just let you in on the line probably this evening since we're going to kind of have an open mic thing. 
but um, we would love for you to be here. So again, the guest call in number 646-595-2118. And I'm going to bring both Penelope and Bob on. Hey. Penelope, you're on. Hey, Mr. Bob. Eden, how are you? I'm absolutely awesome. And um, okay. I'd, I'd like to throw a topic on the table for you. Your, it's your evening. It's my morning. It's just after 10 a.m. Oh. here in the glorious <laughs> with Sundays. And the topic I would oh. like to uh, talk about is... Um, kind of uplifting um, and it's why am I why do I feel so happy about being alive at this time and if you like I'll just share with you why I feel so happy and content um, you know although you know I've had a horrendous uh, I had a, a horrendous childhood which um, I'm sure everybody is aware of I've shared my story, but if I step back and go up a few levels um, and look at, well, the Mayans predicted this. Um, to me, the evolution of consciousness is exponential, and we've just turned the corner, you know, and if you think things are crazy and busy right now, well, hang on, because it's going to get crazier and busier, but the other thing that the Mayans predicted was that the age of power would um, finish on the 21st of December 2012 and the new age would enter, we would enter, which is the age of integrity. So since that time, if you like, um, integrity is overcoming power. And wherever I look around the world, I see more and more instances of that. People have had enough of this corrupt system we're living in and they're finding their own truth and they're standing up and standing in their truth and speaking their truth and so all the craziness that's going on in the world at the moment and it's a pretty crazy place eh? Um, for me that's just the beast you know the incumbent beast knows it's dying and it's just getting more and more frantic in its final death throes and you know love will triumph you know, um, and I, I feel that, you know, it's, it's an amazing time to be alive, to witness the end of corruption, the end of competition, and us all moving into a, a state of cooperation and sharing and equality. So that's, that's, that's why I feel so blessed, you know, and the only sort of downside is I, I turned 71 this year and I thought, well, you know, why didn't this happen 50 years ago so I could have more time uh, on this roller coaster ride? But, um, yeah, all I can say is every yeah. step I've ever taken, every step I've ever taken, however painful, has brought me into contentment. This is a, an amazing time to be alive. And I think it's, it's important uh, for me and probably lots of other people to focus on the good in life, to focus on what makes me whistle, what you know, what brings me joy, rather than looking at yeah. all the the doom and gloom. Because I, you know, 
you know, by looking at the doom and gloom for me, all all you're doing is feeding the beast. I no longer feed the beast. You know, I feed the love. So I shut up now, and you know, and um, I'll mute myself at this end. Well, thank you, um, thank you, Bob. Can, if I could just make a comment, um, this is Penelope. Oh, yeah. And thank you, Bob. And I think, you know, that's a really great point. In fact, I was thinking about, you know, my own journey to recovery right now. And, you know, when we, you know, put it into the context of adult survivors of child abuse, um, and we think about uh, as we um, begin our journey in recovery, um, and I'm going back to the very beginning, um, when I, you know, hit a wall, which was pretty much my rock bottom, you know, I was carrying a very heavy burden and had absolutely really no idea. I was so numb um, as to the weight of it all. Um, uh, you know, I called my attention to, to take action. That was a very painful time. And um, I know we had, uh, I guess, Gloria uh, Masters on last week, and um, we were talking about the book, of, you know, The Courage to Heal. And basically, um, uh, you know, there, there's a sentence in that book that says the only way out is through, you know, the only way um, out of, uh, you know, um, really working through and and uh, going through the, the recovery process, which is an ongoing journey, which in my opinion never ends, is to go through all the steps, to go through all of the process of the journey. And so to Bob's point, you know, for me, as I was reflecting today on my own journey, it is. It was exceptionally difficult in the beginning. It was extremely painful to come to the truth. And Bob had mentioned, you know, speaking one's truth and living one's truth, and that's part of the recovery process. Um, that was painful. It was difficult. Um, and I realized that, that sentence meant the only way out is through. I had to go through the most painful time of my life of actually addressing and, and, and acknowledging and processing the emotions, but. It is a journey. There is, there are different uh, stops and pit stops along the way. But you know, I have reached a place, generally, as I reflect today, of of contentment, of peace. Um, I still have my triggers. You know, I'm still in. I'll be in therapy for the rest of my life, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but I have reached that point of contentment, and so you know, I think. Um, the hope and healing that we talked about in the mission state with NASCA and to Bob's point, you know, there is beauty in the recovery process. Um, there is beauty within the journey. And if you're on, you know, the beginning of your journey, um, wherever you are, and I know it can be painful, very painful. And for me at times it was hard to even see um, or to acknowledge there would be beauty. Um, there would be contentment. But um, there is. There is. It's the process was worth it, um, but it, for me, it took a lot of work. It didn't come. It didn't just come right away. It was through years and years of hard work, um, and at times it was beautiful work um, and very um, uh, fulfilling work for me because I I am so thankful. Um, I didn't realize how much work I had to do and how much work I still had to do until I started doing the work. Um, but but I. It, it there it is a you know I now have a beautiful life um, that I feel like I've worked very very hard for I have found that contentment and I still work hard every day 
um, being conscious is daily work. Um, but I just wanted to make the point. I, I agree with Bob, but but for you know the, we have many members of uh, in our NASCA community and those who are listening, it is it is um, you know if you're somewhere along the way, um, it's not always it's it's hard, it's difficult, and there are there it's not smooth sailing, um, but it's worth it. So I hopefully can Bob that made sense, but those were my you know to add to what Bob had said, those were my remarks. That was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful I know. Yeah. What, what I would like to respond to, if I may, is that, um, yeah, recovery, recovery. I, I had my first panic attack in November 84 and then was heavily drugged for the next 20 odd years. And But I began my own personal uh, recovery in about 91, 92. And it looked. It took me over 20 years to remove 40 years of programming. So my message is, you know, like the sooner you start, the sooner, the sooner you can get through it. Um, but yeah, you know, I had to face every demon and I faced my own death many times. Um, but where I was in, in my depression from the abuse of my childhood, um, the choice was simple. You know, I was sitting there centered within me feeling all this pain and the choice was I either commit suicide or I jump in and deal with this pain and it was the pain of depression that gave me the motivation and the energy to do the work and I, I realized that many many people die because of thinking but nobody's ever died from feeling but it was the power of the feelings that I was having was so overwhelming and it, it took me a while to realize that those, the power of those feelings I was having was just a measure of how powerful I am. And so now I feel as if I'm made of unobtainium. I'm indestructible because I've, I've done the work. And as far as recovery is a journey, um, yeah, I think for me, um, you know, on a scale of 0 to 100%, as far as recovery goes, I think I'm about 90 to 95% through that. Um, I've still got a few issues that I work on, and I probably will, you know, until uh, this particular uh, life of mine um, ends. I've still got a couple of addictions to work on. But the, the other thing that's gone on in parallel, it's like the more I've recovered the more growth I've experienced. So it's like the more I've been challenged in my life, the more I have learnt and the more I have developed as a spiritual being having a human experience. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think what what we are doing, how can I put it? I don't like using the word we, but I think the best thing that, anybody can do is to simply let your own light shine because I've found that just by shining my light people are attracted to it and then a dialogue starts so by sharing our stories we help to heal each other and the least that we are giving anybody by sharing our stories is hope like I'm just a simple bloke I serve my time as a fitter turner and if I can get to where I am, well, anybody can. So that's 
that's the best thing that's coming out of this for me. The people that have done the work are shining their light, sharing their story, and it's giving others hope that are trembling on the terror, the path of terror to self-realization. And it is a terrible, terrible path, you know. But there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and the other side of the light, I found, is just contentment. It's amazing. So I'll shut up, because I could go on for hours on this. I'll mute myself here. Thanks. Thank you, Bob. No, I, I that's beautiful, too, both you and Penelope. Thank you for for sharing that. Um, I agree. It's, it's always a journey. And however, as you were saying, Bob, if we could have – so I, I was thinking to myself as you were talking there, if there was one thing that I could give – you know, advice to younger people, and it is to not spend so much time doing things that you don't want to do. You know, make make the most out of your young life too, because there's just, you're never going to be young again. <laughs> you're only going to be young once, and so you know, um, I I feel I'm more in the Penelope and and thought where it took me a long time to even kind of acknowledge that all this abuse had happened. And um, and now I'm in a different phase of life, and, and I want to be happy too, Bob. <laughs> that is my goal, and that's what I'm working for. And I um, have had visions of what my future looks like, and I see little snippets of how that could possibly happen now where – before, you know, a few years ago, it was just kind of, oh, that looks really nice. You know, that, that sounds like really something I'd like to do. It sounds like fun. And now it's all starting to kind of play out to fruition. So I think that definitely as we get older, we're probably even more open to play out and letting the universe or God or whoever, you know, you believe in to kind of guide you and kind of be present for it and it's because it's not an easy thing to do it's not and and I admire you Bob too a lot and all of the men that come on to this show because you know most of you are in a place where you want to grow and um, not a lot of men do that there's more women that, that grow than men do and um so I always admire the men that come on to NASCA and share their stories and open up about their lives and what they struggle with as well. Because um, we're all human. Men aren't any different than men. <laughs> we're all human. We have um, Philip on the line. And I didn't know if you had um, heard anything since we just started talking, or if you were just kind of calling in to see what was happening. So do you have anything to say about this whole journey and growing, Philip? <laughs> um, are you talking to me, Kim? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, didn't... I must have. Um, I, uh... I trail out. I am good at doing that. <laughs> Go ahead, Al. I think it's going to be a long journey. Um, 
Well, and we can tell you and that. Then, I mean, it has been. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. You know, Philip, this is Penelope. Kim, if I can just make a remark. Um, you know, Philip, I used to um, get very really frustrated and actually I feel defeated. I personally would feel defeated a lot. Exception um, of recovery and, and actually, you know, as I went along in recovery for years, I've been in recovery for over six years now. And I kept, you know, hoping that with all the hard work that I was doing, you know, was doing therapy twice a week and other healing modalities, um, I was getting frustrated, you know, because it seemed long and it was hard. Um, And I kept looking at an end point of being healed. You know, I kept thinking, if I work hard, you know, the harder I work, the faster I can heal and put this all behind me. Um, and one day I realized that it's not a destination. There's no end point. It's just, that's what a journey is. It's a journey that continues on. And what I realized is if I kept thinking that, you know, the point was to be healed, um, that I was said that was almost self abuse because it was setting myself up for failure. Um, because I don't believe for me in recovery, being totally healed is attainable, and that's okay. For me, I have scars from childhood, I have deep scars, they're just there. And instead of, of thinking that I can just completely wash them away and I'll have this porcelain and learned how, you know, to address what happened to me um, and, and to, you know, bring it out and work through, work, work through the emotions and the feelings that I should have had at the time. Um, having done that, and that's a part of the recovery process, you know, some days I don't even notice that I have scars. You know, I've molded the scars and I've used, you know, I've made them into something beautiful. You know, I've decided to not ignore them or try to get them to go away, but I've learned to work with them and respect them. And as I mentioned, some days I don't notice them. Some days they look very faint. Um, They're hardly there at all. And some days I notice them a lot. But if I thought, you know, if my goal was to completely eradicate um, and look for an end point, um, I realized that I would constantly be, be, be really my, you know, I know you said the journey feels long. Um, it is long. Um, it is long. Um, but um, the longer, for me, the longer, uh, the more I stuck with it, the more I did, didn't give up. Um, the journey is, has uh, evolved. Um, and it's, it's, it's contentment. And the lion's share of it is now contentment and peace, um, realization, curiosity, um, um, sometimes still pain. Um, but there are points where your turn, uh, you will be, you know, turning points where um, the pain will diffuse and, and the journey will be, um, for me, um, it's, it's, it's something that I'm proud of and something that, um, you know, I look, I, I'm grateful that I'm on. And um, I look forward to continuing. Can I respond, Philip? Yes, go ahead. 
yeah, good day, mate. Nice to hear your voice again. Um, your statement about you you think that the journey is going to be long. Well, this, when did I start my recovery? About 1991. So that's what 32 years, um, and it's been an amazing journey. Um, and I think it's you know it's going to be different for everybody because if you go back to my Sue principle that all are sovereign, unique, and equal, well, everybody's on their own unique hero's journey. Um, so if that's the feeling you're having, then that's, that's what's probably going to manifest in your life. But what I've noticed, and there's a tool that I've used effectively for um, a good 20 years, is as I'm going through my life, I just notice notice activities that I carry out that put me in the zone like Bob you're whistling why are you whistling what are you doing you know that puts you in that 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 beautiful space of just you know and this is weird you know things like tinkering with old engines I'm totally blissed out um, playing with my dog I'm totally blissed out and so I just got this sense of noticing and I noticed the activities that I carry out that put me in the zone of contentment, you know, or in the moment, if you like. And so I try and fill my day as much as I can with all those activities. And the other thing that I've done is um, anything that is not nurturing for me, I simply call the beast and I no longer feed the beast. And that has been an, uh, an amazing mantra. You know, if I get into a situation and I don't like it here, you know, no, I don't like it, you know. So I leave. Um, and even with shows that I go to and contribute to, if I get there and it doesn't feel nurturing for me, I'll leave. And people may ask why, but, you know, and I don't have to explain myself. It's just me looking after me. No, this environment is not healthy for me. It's not nurturing for me. So... I'll go over there, where, you know, where the sun's shining and my dog's playing with his with his stick, you know. And the other thing about talking about time, I've noticed, especially during um, events of, like, near death, that time, when you're living in the moment, living in the now, time is irrelevant. There is no sense of time. So, yeah, that's... That's my um, that's my five cents worth, and I mute myself again. Anybody want a cup of coffee? Oh my gosh, I am sitting here with two fans right now, Bob. <laughs> I am so hot. It's really warm outside, <laughs> and it comes right into my my window. But thank you. <laughs> Thanks for offering for the coffee. No, those those were both just beautiful. Thank you guys for sharing that. Did you want to respond any, to anything else, Philip? Or? Um, no, thank you. But that was nice for you two to reply. I'm sorry. You'd like to hear my nice reply? That was nice of everybody to reply. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um. I do think when you're you're younger, it seems like forever. 
And as I've gotten older, for sure, I've noticed that time speeds up, it, it seems like, but I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> or not. But um, And so I, too, am trying to shift my mind if I get to that point of, you know, going into a depression. I mean, I'm not saying that I... I always am able to do this, but every time I start to feel down, I try and do something to make myself feel better. And, and um, you know, that may be just exercising or going for a walk and um, taking a bath. <laughs> I never used to take baths when I was younger, and I never used to think that I liked them. But then as I got older, then I had more time because I wasn't choosing after children and, and so now I like to take baths and so it's your I think your likes and dislikes and things will change and evolve over time and it's kind of interesting to see. It really is especially if you're aware of it, you know, if you're really working on on yourself and I know you've been doing some work on yourself the last year. You're doing good. I think, yeah. I think one of the most yeah. important, one of the most important um, decisions people need to make is to take total responsibility for the life that they are creating. Because if you are not creating your life, who is? Now, for me, um, in 2005, when I became the ship's captain. Um, I just adopted that ideology and applied it to my whole life. Yes, I am master and commander of this life that I do create, and I take full responsibility for it. And so, um, everything, you know, I'm responsible for my well-being, I'm responsible for my physical health, my mental health, my emotional health. I am responsible for the, the life that I do create. And it's not all roses and, you know, boxes of chocolate. Um, there are events in my life that sort of uh, knock me on my ass. Um, but then I look at that event and I, and I say to myself, well, Bob, you've created this event in your life. What is the lesson you need to learn here? You know, so I can no longer say, oh, you did this to me or they did that to me. It's no, I created this event what is the lesson I need to learn from that so I don't create, you know, a nasty event again? So up until I was about 55, I used to live my life in drama and intensity. And now that's a, that's a, a, a thing of the past. I no longer have drama and intensity in my life. Yeah, so <laughs> carry on, soldiers. We're all doing great, eh? I think that that's a great point Bob because one of the things that recovery has given to me is control you know Bob just said I make decisions I, I realize that you know I don't have to can you mention this I can live the life I want you know I have control I have choices I may not have had choices in childhood um, but I have choices now and I'm in control 
And within that control, I can make sure that I'm safe and that I'm comfortable and that I'm, I'm writing my own story. So, and Bobby articulated that too. So that's, that's the beauty of, of recovery and doing the work for me um, is realizing that I am in complete control. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm known for asking um, difficult questions, but the question I ask a lot of people, and it pisses off a lot of people too, is um, if you are not creating your life, who is? You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think in my case, I could answer that a little bit differently, Bob, because I think that I allowed, and especially being such a young mom and wife and having this vision of what I was supposed to do and be and act like, that um, I became what I felt that my husband wanted. So I think I did. I lived in his universe for many years until I decided that that's not what I wanted to do anymore. So, I mean, you, a lot of times, and that's what I was saying, as a younger person, I, I didn't my own choices. And that's what I look forward to as an older person is, you know, going into this last or this next phase. Maybe I'll have a couple more phases. <laughs> and maybe it won't be my last phase, but, um, but just being excited about what is next because, I always feel like there's something new on the horizon or, you know, I, because I have a strong belief in God, I feel like God is always working to do something. And as long as I just keep doing something as well, that, um, then I'll, you know, know what he wants me to do. So I don't know if that makes sense. I'm starting to babble a little little bit. Well, it really rings true here, darling. Yeah, it really rings true here because um, what brought on my depression was, um, and again, this is 1984, so I'd be, what, 32. Um, Up until 90 when I started doing the work, I was living my programming, my programming from the media, my programming from my parents, my programming from the education, sorry, indoctrination system and everything around me. I was just living living those programs. Um, so I was wandering around like Robert the Robot, you know. Um, and that was the cause, the cause of my depression because within, within my heart, within my soul, I just had this knowing that this is not the authentic me. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to fit in. But why should I bother trying to fit in? Because I am unique. And for me, because we're all sovereign, unique, and equal, there is no argument. There is only difference. You know? So like the French say, viva la difference. Celebrate our differences because they, they, they're what makes us so beautifully unique. And um, somebody mentioned scars. Now, for me, the scars I carry a part of the beauty of my own uniqueness. And I think it's that the Chinese um, or the Japanese, when they, when they have a broken uh, jar or porcelain pot, 
they put it back together and they glue it back together with gold to celebrate the cracks in the item. So they actually celebrate, you know, the damage because it, it's made, it's now made, they put the cup back together, but it's now unique because it's, it's showing in gold all its scars. And I love that analogy, really do. How's your coffee, by the way? Beautiful. That's beautiful, Bob. Thank you. <laughs> I told you, i got to have hot water. I mean, cold water right now. It's too hot. <laughs> well, it's, it, 80 degree, it's 80 degrees Fahrenheit it, here at the moment, and that's a cold day. <laughs> is it? I was going to ask. What is your weather there? It's usually around... Um, about 85 Fahrenheit, about 30 degrees centigrade, but it's it's only it's pretty chilly for me. It's about 24, 24 centigrade, which is about 78 Fahrenheit. So it's pretty cool for me. Here. Oh, okay. It's a beautiful day, beautiful blue sky, no chemtrails, white fluffy clouds, um, very little sounds of man. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am I'm living, in, I, I'm living in my own Garden of Eden. <laughs> oh, good. Good. So do you live like out in the country, kind of in the country? There's not a whole lot well, of people there? Well, I'm right on the edge of a little town called uh, Cannondale, right on the outskirts, and down the bottom of a block that belongs to my friend who owns a business here and I've got three caravans underneath a big old mango tree and um, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning well my body wakes me up about three o'clock in the morning and I love it because the, the world is so still and so peaceful so every day I get to witness the fall storm and then the first bird song as the, the birds sing in and herald a new day. And it's just amazing, amazing. And we have a, I have a lovely relationship with um, the owner of the property. He's like my best mate. So we don't intrude in, on each other's, you know, space. But we know that, you know, we're always there for each other. And, um, yeah, it's... in. 2017, I was living on my boat in Pioneer Bay. <coughs> and I'd lived there for, lived on my boat for, for about eight years. And then Cyclone Debbie came through and just picked it up and threw it at the land, but didn't quite make it. So uh, on the Saturday, I was trying to get my motor going to get the boat into the marina and make it safe and it just wasn't going to happen, so I made her fast, as fast as I could and grabbed my two dogs and my sense of humour and got on the dinghy and went ashore and found safe haven. But after Cyclone Debbie had uh, moved on, I lost my boat, I lost my home, I lost everything except my old um, Mitsubishi uh, Pajero. Um, 
and people are going, oh, Bob, poor old Bob, you know, guy, you lost everything, whoa, poor old Bob. And I said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you've lost everything. Why are you, why are you still so cheerful? And I said, well, I've just survived the Category 5 cyclone and witnessed Mother Nature at her boldest and brassiest. And I get a message, you know, she's saying, like, if you push against me, I can push back. So it's, it was amazing to live through that experience. But also, it taught me a great lesson. Again, going back, this event I've, created in my, I've attracted into my life. What's the lesson I need to learn here? And the lesson I learned from losing everything was to totally let go of the attachment to things. And I reckon I paid a fair price for it. You know? So I have things in my life, and I value them for their utility. But, you know, they don't keep me alive. They're just amusement. Um, as I said, I saved my two dogs and my sense of humour, and um, and both dogs have died since then. But um, yeah, yeah, that was the that was the lesson that cost me all my material goods. Um, totally let go of the attachment to things. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. This is a great yeah. show, eh? <laughs> we just chat on nights like this. Yeah. We just get to say whatever's on our mic. Thank you for sharing. We value your one, input. We're glad, always glad that you're on. One, one thing that... Um, I'll share with you, and it might sound confusing, is for me, I now live in a feeling universe, not a thinking universe. I came to the realization many years ago that my mind is just a tool that I use when I choose, for I am so much more than my mind. And my realization about living in, in a feeling universe or in heart space was I asked myself this question, how do I experience this life that I'm living? And the answer was simple. I feel the warmth of the sun on my skin. I hear the first call of the bird song in the morning. I can smell the sweet tang of the rotting mangoes under the tree. I can taste the bitterness of the coffee that I'm drinking. And so for me, I experience this letter through my feelings, through my senses. So it's, yeah, I don't, that French philosopher Descartes, <coughs> he's totally got it wrong. You know, he said, I think, therefore I am. And I call him out. I say, it's bullshit. I feel, therefore I am. And that's why I say, I live in a feeling universe. And the sea is very calm here. <laughs> oh, oh, pardon. Um, yeah, we can we can be calm in our own little universe. I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> I've been a little bit of an introvert most of my life. That's why I'm a public speaker. <laughs> Which is true. Most public speakers are introverts. 
And um, it's so funny to me when I heard that. I was like, that makes sense because there's this um, an energy that I get from being in a room of people and, you know, speaking or doing my classes or whatever. I love the energy and I love to be there and feel like I'm, you know, making a difference and, and really educating adults so that we can keep children safe and um, when I get, but when I get home after those outings, <laughs> so drained. Does anybody else kind of find that? Yeah, well, for me, um, this is my 59th year as a paid stage performer. Um, I stopped touring Australia um, in about 2008. I was on the road for 10 years in my uh, Volkswagen Combi camper van touring as a folk singer. And I wouldn't say I loved being on stage. It was, it was my purpose. Um, because every song I ever sang held a particular energy for me. So, you know, um, I'd be in the green room all butterflies and stuff and feeling that I want to vomit, you know, I don't want to go out on stage. But I, And people call that sort of stage fright or anxiety. But it was a good anxiety because I realized that what was happening was my body was just starting to vibrate at a higher energetic level so that when I went out on stage, I could pass on that energy to the audience. And people picked up on that even before I'd sung a note. <coughs> but I agree that, you know, I am a very um, fiercely independent person. And like living on the boat for eight years and now in my caravan, I love my, my alone time with me because me, myself and I, we get on really well. You know, so my solitary time is priceless for me, and I'm able to create as much of that as I want to, just through my own free will, my choice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an in extroverted introvert, or oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, Penelope, are you still there? Oh, I'm never still here. <laughs> I know, I've been just enjoying listening to the conversation, but I, I do, you know, as I've mentioned before, I mean, for me, the biggest thing about um, recovery and coming on the NASCA show, uh, but they, no one has to, I mean, not everybody has to, you know, tell their story publicly. Um, sharing your story with a therapist or with a, con a confidant, someone that you trust is important. But um, I did, you know, I I was able to shed the shame. Um, I've been carrying this heavy burden of, you know, secrecy, repressed memories, and to finally be able just to speak of it. Um, and my, you know, I didn't speak of, uh, break my own silence for almost four decades. Um, I was able to, feel like I could truly just show up in this world as myself. And that has opened the door for me um, to, to show myself um, 
without compromise, um, just, you know, stand tall. And um, I'm able to do things now um, that I was never able to do before um, confidently. So um, I, I agree, you know, and, and or my experience has been very similar. Um, and I, I just uh, have been able to shed, to shed that layer of shame. Um, it's been very um, empowering. Um, that's the beauty and that's the hope, you know, that comes with the healing. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Sheila. You still there? Do I say anything? <laughs> I'm still here. Hi. Well, um, I'm sorry, my, my brain is a little bit off today. I've been trying to, so I guess speaking along the same lines of um, doing things that make us happy, I was sharing this a while ago, so we'll just share it on here. <laughs> With Penelope, I was sharing that, um, that I'm looking at, at getting my own little place and I am extremely nervous about it and extremely excited at the same time. And I think that, you know, not just as survivors, but I think people in general can have those feelings of excitement and fear. And I think what, what gets you ahead in life is, Choosing to go with the excitement part of it, you know, instead of the, the fear part. Because if you can push through that fear, then there's going to be excitement. And I think that's what I've learned to start embracing a little bit more as I've gotten, gotten a little older. And, and even how I've been able to get to this point to say I'm going to do it on my own, too. Yeah. Who was it that said, fear is only frozen fun? Spot on, eh? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Frozen fun. I've never heard that before. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) Fear is only frozen fun. Well, that's a new way to talk about it. Oh, because I think that if I wasn't pushing through this fear that I have, it would be just it'd be so much easier for me, I think, in some ways, um, to just go back to my life the way it was. I mean, that's what I've known my whole adult life. And and so pushing through this fear of saying, no, I I know that there's more even than what I've been able to experience the last 30 years. And I'm excited to, to see, like I said, where God, that's, that's how I look at it, is where God seems to lead me on this next journey of life. And, um, and I have looked at this little place, the, the area, the neighborhood that it's in, for a couple of years now I've, I've been there. And, um, and something opened up, and it's just 
exactly what I would want and need and even has a hot tub on the patio. So that's an even bigger bonus <laughs> is that it's got a hot tub. So I'm excited about that. So everyone could send me some positive energy that that all works out because I'm in the middle of trying to figure out all the financing and all that stuff, and, and I've never done that before. It's always been something that was taken care of for me. And um, and so it's exciting and very nerve-wracking to, <laughs> to try and get through this, these whole financial things that it was just so much easier from in the earlier, you know, before to just say, oh, I'll just let Andy take care of that because that's what he does. But um, I'm, I'm growing up. It only took me 50 years, but I'm finally growing. <laughs> so, yeah, positive vibes. Well, that resonates with me, Kim. That definitely resonates because I feel that – it wasn't until my recovery that I truly started living my life. I felt like I was in my infancy of life um, as I, you know, after recovery, after I started recovery. Um, you know, so I hear what you're saying, and it makes a lot of sense to me. You're doing things for the first time, you know, living a different life. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you folks. I don't know about you folks, but I'm not here to... to live a comfortable life I'm here to live an exciting life <laughs> and, the cho- and the choice is yours hey <laughs> anyway ladies, anyway ladies um, I've got to go now so thank you so much for um, this beautiful um, open forum discussion it's been joyful full of hope full of love um, shining lights so until we speak again have an awesome life thank you Mr. Good Bobby Bobby. Thank you. appreciate you g'day mate <laughs> thank you I'm glad that he was able to come on and get us started on the pop topic that was a good topic Congratulations, Kim, on your new place. Thank you. I'm working on it. <laughs> and I won't be so far away. I am staying with an aunt, but it's just so far away from where my home base has always been. And so it's been a struggle. And I feel like it's a positive thing and even because I feel just kind of stuck out in nowhere out here, you know, and so I feel like I can get back to life a little bit. And, yeah, so that's just funny. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. How it all goes, I'll have to let you all know. We'll have to have some hard conversations here coming up. But that's part of the getting to the good part, right? <laughs> getting through the hard part. Positive thoughts on that, too. That's so true. That's how I feel. But maybe we wouldn't appreciate it as much if we didn't have to work hard for it, right? I mean, that's how I feel sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's just true. Yeah. 
Michelle? I don't know. Is there anything else anybody wants to talk, bring up? If, if not, we should probably just close a little bit early tonight. Since we didn't have anything specific, but is there anything you want I think to talk been a really good show. Yeah, I think it's been a good show. I think it's been a really good show. I think we brought yeah. some really good talks and um, experiences. And um, I, Philip, do you have anything else that you'd like to? Any other topics you'd like to bring up tonight? No, I don't think so. To have you on as always, Philip. Glad you're here. Thanks. Yeah, Miss Penelope is going to be gone for a while. So you've got next week, and then you'll be gone. Is that what? I think I have next week. I think I have next Monday, and then I think, hold on, I can look at the calendar real quick. I know. Okay, so next, today's the third, so I've got the, actually, so I'll be on the 8th, and then I'll, I will be on the 17th, and we leave the 18th. So two more, two more shows, and then I'm off for almost two months, yeah, in Europe. So um, I miss you all. Yeah. Well, we're going to miss you Thank you. Thank you. But I'll be back. I'll be back in uh, the second week in July. So. Nice. Well, that's going to be so nice for your family. Thank you. Thank you. God willing. Got all the boys together. (laughs) You're able to get all the boys together. (laughs) All the boys together. I'll be a bit outnumbered, but it's all good. It's all good. Very, very blessed and thankful. Well, that's just really life. It's nothing new, right? <laughs> yeah. They've always I outnumbered you. <laughs> yeah. True. Well, um, yeah. I sure miss you. And I'm going to be starting that week um, watching my grandkids. So I'm going to watch them. Yeah. Mm, well, that night, actually, the 17th through the, the Sunday, because my daughter's going to go to Hawaii. So we're lucky to have you. Well, I, I'm so blessed to be able to be there. My aunt told me today, stop thinking so much about your grandkids. I said, well, oh, when I was talking about my new place, I was like, it's got a pool. I can take the grandkids. She's like, stop saying you're always going to do stuff for your grandkids. I like, I can't help it. It's just who I am. But I'll do things sweet. for my but, Yeah, I mean, it's. Happy so, well, thank you, everyone, for being on tonight. Thanks for contributing, and yeah, just close it off. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. It was a, thank you, Phil. It was a great <laughs> show. Thank you. Yeah. Good night. You all have a good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Another tomorrow Cause that's all